You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Gang's all here, ready to go. Monday edition. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Best and worst of the weekend, your opportunity to be part of the festivities. Dial us up. Operator, Tyler, standing by. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address is dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Play of the day, stat of the day, poll question, all of that coming up. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner. You can download that app. You can watch this show for free. We could never charge you for this content. And our radio affiliates, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, and we're approaching nearly 400 cities around America, including Central Oregon's new sports radio station, 96.9, The Ticket. Let's go. That's in Bend, Oregon. Let's go. Go. And that, remember the GM is Keith Shipman? Yeah. Remember the shipper? Yeah, but Shipman still owes me money from 96. I know. Uh, win one for the shipper. Yeah. And that's what we're going to try to do. 96.9, the ticket in Bend, Oregon. Yes, Todd? Because we bend over backwards no, for your sports. No, 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 no. <laughs> we no. bend, we don't break. No. No? no. Definitely not. Definitely No. No. We're two minutes in. I know. And we're already rolling. Two minutes. We bend over backwards no, for your sports no. coverage. Okay, might as well get the uh, Coach K limerick out of the way. You sure? Yeah, let's let's just get it out of the way, and then we'll... we'll See, s- now this feels too early for me. Yeah, I, I like the Bend, Oregon thing. Yeah, the Bend, Oregon thing was fun. A limerick three minutes into the week. Well, I, is... I just, I'm, I'm coupling that with the... Do you want Todd just to get the limerick out of the way? Or you, I can't build it up. I'd like him to get the limerick out. But <laughs> what are you, a smoker? Can I do it in Coach K voice? Even though your impersonation is yeah. better. Okay, you ready? Funny. You ready? That's not funny. Stop it. All right, quiet down. All right, here's uh, Fritzy's limerick about Coach K losing again to North Carolina. Now, Carolina, that wasn't very nice. Leaving Coach K scratching his head as if lice. Ruined his swan song at Cameron Indoor. Now at New Orleans Final Four. Do you have to KOK twice? All right. And that's it. That's, that's it. how it's done. It's all over. We just move Pull the on. Pull band-aid off three and a half yeah. minutes in. I didn't understand the Nike ad, you can't spell championship without a K. And I went, uh, you can. Can't spell Nike without a K, but I wasn't quite sure what they were Coming up with Actually, it. you can't spell championship with a K. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What do you think of North Carolina's <laughs> website with the score putting farewell with a little little shot there? Well. I... A little shot there. Oh, what are we doing? Not even just now four minutes in. We're four minutes in. You've displayed the whole arsenal for Bend, Oregon. This is it. This is all we got. Thanks for signing on, yes. Ben. Yeah. We bend over backwards for no, your no. sports coverage. No, no, no. 24-7. No, no, no. Dang. Hey, Eugene. No. Tired of your sports no. coverage? No. Turn on no. Ben. No, 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 no. We've got Dan Patrick. No, no. Stop. And Oregon State Beavers. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Ducks to be you. I think yeah. it, it would be Eugene would not have the Beavers. No, man, yeah. uh, Ben has God. the Beavers. Though. I think they have Corvallis. the Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks, Blazers, and Beavers. I think are on uh, the new station in Bend because they bend over backwards no, for your stop. sports coverage. Stop. I can't start my week. I can end my week this way. I can't start. Way, my... way too. Sorry. I apologize. I apologize to the listeners, viewers, and especially you. 
Real credit card questions require real people, somebody who understands your issues, Todd, works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover exceptionally common sense. All right, we'll have a poll question. We have our play of the day. We have our stat of the day as well. Our stats of the day are brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. A lot of basketball over the weekend. Got basketball coming up tonight. And when you think of North Carolina, you think of a college powerhouse, but the heels don't feel or didn't feel like a powerhouse in this tournament. They should now. The uh, school has won six national titles. Try to make it seven going against Kansas tonight. But a win tonight would match the 85 Villanova Wildcats as the lowest seed to ever win the tournament. Tar Heels are an eighth seed, but with the team's recent play, it's easy to forget that. A North Carolina win would also make Hubert Davis the first coach to win a title in his first season. And the Heels have to get through a Kansas team. This isn't a traditional Bill Self Kansas team don't have much depth don't have star power there and it's one of those oh by the way here's Kansas again North Carolina string one more together and this would be one of the more impressive tournament runs in history Kansas is a slight favorite tonight but what we saw with North Carolina and I go back to when they beat Duke at Cameron Indoor Coach K's last game And it seemed like, and people got caught up in, oh, Coach K lost his last game at home to North Carolina. Not really looking at Carolina going, Carolina looked really good. That seemed to empower kickstart North Carolina. Now, they didn't win the ACC tournament, but I just kept my eye on them. And I thought, maybe that's the bigger story. Carolina goes into Cameron and nearly scores 100 points against Coach K and Duke. Now, we, we did see Duke, they lost in the ACC tournament as well. I think they lost to Virginia Tech, but they got into the tournament. They seem to really understand the moment here, what they were trying to pull off, and that is win a national title for Coach K. Didn't happen. This is how it sounded Saturday as North Carolina closes out Duke. Inbound comes to Keels. Keels will water up the floor with six seconds. He'll launch a three at the top of the key. It's no good. Rebound secured by R.J. Davis. Davis will dribble it out, and the Heels kick their rivals to the curb on their way to their 12th national title game. And in the process, in the career of the Hall of Fame coach, Mike Krzyzewski. All right. That was good. Uh, Carolina hit the big shots when they needed to. It felt like Duke was exchanging twos for Carolina's threes, and it caught up to them. Thought it was officiated well. Would I have liked to have seen Duke go over and shake the hands of the Carolina players? It felt like, hey, they're celebrating. Let them celebrate. We'll walk off the floor. Coach K, I know, stayed on. I think there was one other Duke player who did. It just felt like... Social media went crazy because whether you were rooting for Carolina, it felt like there were a lot of people just rooting against Duke. People enjoyed this loss. And I go back to the embryonic stages of when ESPN fell in love with Duke and Dick Vitale fell in love with Duke. You know, you had Danny Ferry and then you had Jay Billis was there. Mark Allery was there. Johnny Dawkins, Tommy Amaker. Then you had Leitner. Bobby Hurley, J.J. Redick, Trajan Langdon. 
Allah Abdul Nab, you know, all of these names, they became household names because every game was on TV, on ESPN. And ESPN put their big arms around Duke and embraced them. For 30 years, embraced Duke. So when there's this aversion to Coach K or Duke or they got white guys there, people had this outpouring of, you're rooting against Duke. Even if you're not rooting for Carolina, you're rooting against Duke. And I don't know if you dislike them or is it the coverage that you didn't like? Because I can blame the coverage. You might say, Christian Leitner, the way he played, bothered me. Okay, that's back in the early 90s. And by the way, that's one of the top five college players of all time. That's one of the big-time performers in the history of college basketball is Christian Leitner. Coach K, all right, uh, his players stayed, got an education, then he went with the one and done. He's still the best college basketball coach of all time because he was able to do it if it was you were had to stay or you were going to stay or you were one and done. And and you know, trying to compare John Wooden and Coach K, it's different. Uh, but I think Coach K had to adapt more to a changing basketball landscape than John Wooden did. Uh, so he bows out, it's a loss, but this outpouring of vitriol was Pretty interesting. You know, you, you sprinkle in a couple of guys. Grayson Allen bothered people. There was always one or two. Who was the uh, Duke player who transferred to Syracuse? Greg Paulus. Yeah, Paulus was there like seven years. Underrated unlikability. Yeah. <laughs> you just had these players, but they were on TV. You know, it became almost like network TV would have friends on. Well, you knew friends and knew the characters. We knew Duke. Because Duke was always on if you were watching the mothership. And ESPN did not back away from that. Everything about it. When Dickie V would be there, it, it felt like a, a partnership. And I guess the only comparison I can make is probably not a sports team, but a band. U2. Because U2 was really popular. And they were in the 80s as well, 90s. And then remember when they emailed you their album? I, that was their deal with Apple, I think, or they sent it to you. It came like pre-installed in iPods okay. and, and your iPhone and things like that. So I think people are like, I didn't ask for this, but you got it. And then it felt like people turned on you too, even though that's one of the great rock bands uh, in history. Duke, it just felt like Duke was forced down our throat. Like, uh, who's, who's playing tonight? It's Duke against Virginia Tech. Really, it's just Duke playing. You know, then you had Zion Williamson. They became must-see TV. If you have 31 games on national TV, it was must-see TV. And then you started to tune in, you know, when you had the moment with Leitner where he steps on Timberlake's chest in the Kentucky game, the game that Leitner hits the shot where they move on to the finals. Uh, UNLV blows them out, and then you have the rematch, and then Duke comes back and beats them. Like, it just felt like, and, you know, I was at ESPN for 18 years, and did we overdo it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Guilty as charged. It's like Yankees are playing the Red Sox. Late 90s, Yankees, Red Sox, early 2000s, going to show it. It got so bad that you would then get ready for the next Yankees-Red Sox series 
after that series was over, like, well, when are they going to play again? They're going to play in uh, 14 days. Wait, we got to start previewing that. Duke, North Carolina, when are they going to play again? I don't know. Another six months or six weeks. All right, we got to start previewing that. I get it. But through it all, to be able to watch somebody for 42 years at the same place, that's remarkable. And we have other, you know, you have Tom Izzo at Michigan State. You got Jim Boeheim. Uh Roy Williams was at Kansas and North Carolina. But, you know, you just don't have these coaches anymore because they're in the transfer portal all the time, uh, wanting to stay, wanting to be part of the community, wanting to be part of the university, and doing a lot of great things. And I've been fortunate to call Coach K a friend. And Jim Beheim and Tom Izzo, friends. Uh, and I'll miss, I'll miss that presence on the sidelines. And, you know, the, the hatred of Duke is probably not going to intensify with John Shire as their head coach. Just not going to happen. But a remarkable, remarkable run. And uh, Carolina did everything that you would want. They came up big. They hit big shots. Caleb Love was wonderful. Man. That's where you just go, who's going to take this shot? Oh, he took the shot. He hit the shot. It felt like they had an answer. And uh, Duke hitting twos, not threes. Yeah, Paul. A couple things that stand out from the North Carolina side. Roy Williams, to be able to watch that game without the pressure of coaching, he I've never seen anyone look like he's had that good of a time. <laughs> After the game, his arms are in the air. Yep. And then on also on social media, people had – Duke, like uh, anti-Duke t-shirts ready to go, and they like let them go. The first one that was funny was uh, Coach KO'd. You know, that was pretty funny. That was cute. But the one that made me laugh was 401K, like retirement and a picture of Coach K. That made me laugh aloud. 401K. That's not funny. (laughs) Stop that. I contribute uh, 10% a year. Go ahead. I don't appreciate that. Now stop it. Everybody stop for a second. This is off the script. I have to get a couple of things off my mind. That was unacceptable today. Yeah, that's not how the not how my career was supposed to end. Unacceptable. No. We got a poll question here. Yeah, we're going to start uh, unusually snarky and mean mm. for uh, a Monday. Okay. What team do you love to watch lose most? Mm. <laughs> Duke basketball. Okay. Now I put the Dallas Cowboys in there because I personally love to watch them lose. All right. Should it be the Patriots? Ooh, not anymore. Okay, so we'll stick with the Cowboys. Yeah. Great. That's wonderful. Yeah. If Brady was still there, then yes. But- so the options I have for you then are Duke basketball, Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys, the Los Angeles Lakers, or the New York Yankees. I got to play something that Anthony Davis said yesterday. I'm going to – we'll take a break. And I, uh, Anthony Davis had this to say after they were blown out by the Denver Nuggets, but uh, it, it, it pertains to nobody likes us. Oh, woe is us. Uh, We'll take a break here. We'll come back. Phone calls always welcome. Uh, Best and worst of the weekend. We'll talk to Jalen Rose, the uh, ESPN Mothership NBA analyst. He'll join us coming up. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's uh, Jalen Rose, friend of the show. Played in a couple of uh, national title games. Lost to Duke. Lost to North Carolina. 
Man, that's not the way to bring it up when I wel- welcome Jalen in. <laughs> uh, who were you rooting for between Duke and North Carolina or rooting against? Good morning, my brother. Is that a trick question? <laughs> Everybody know I'm rooting against Duke first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. Were no you, accident. Were you rooting for Carolina or just rooting against Duke? I think the latter. I think when I met C.J. McCollum for the first time at the 15th-seeded Lehigh, knocked off the number two-seeded Duke Blue Devils, I gave him the biggest hug. He was just looking at me like, I don't even know you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, thank you. I saw, the, I saw the Carolina team in New York City. They were here for the um, ACC tournament. And after they beat Duke during the, uh, the, the, the ACC tournament, I thanked them then. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. I never <laughs> know that they playing for the first final four in the first time. When, uh, when did you start hating Duke? Tournament. When did you start hating Duke? But I want this to start off with I do have a lot of respect for Coach K and all of that good stuff. And uh, I do recognize greatness. I am on floor against the Duke Blue Devils. And, yes, uh, Christian Laidner, Bobby Hurley, Grant Hill, they do own me. So let me just say that first and foremost. <laughs> In, in, in all honesty, um, uh, I started hating Duke when they started um, being really good and they started beating all of the teams that I rooted for. Like, I idolized UNLV. I cut a, a part down the middle of my head like Larry Johnson and Kenny Anderson. <laughs> like, I had a, a fake gold tooth in my mouth like LJ. I was left-handed <laughs> like Stacey Augman and Greg Anthony. Anderson Hunt went to my high school, Detroit Southwestern. He was the Final Four MVP when they beat Duke. I was in his basement watching the game when they lost. I never thought the next year I'd be playing against Duke. So I got it honest. I truly got it honest. Did you think about going to UNLV? I did. I took a few visits. I took – at that time, you normally took visits where you saw local stars also have success. So I took a visit to Syracuse because Derek Coleman was there. Um, Steve Smith was at Michigan State, took a visit there. And obviously UNLV with Anderson Hunt, absolutely. And Tark the Shark, rest in peace, I love him. You know, one of his favorite lines was, when the NCAA get mad at Kentucky, they put Cleveland State on probation. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. You know, the NIL should be named after Tark the Shark, but, but definitely took a visit. And definitely looked up to that UNLV team. How wild did the recruiting visits turn out? So, like, uh, what's the statue of limitations? <laughs> You're good. <laughs> You're... You know what I'm saying? Um, here's the thing, right? So, if you're recruiting me, your goal is to show me a good time. And if I'm a teenager and I'm coming to your college campus, how can I show you a good time? Only so much like architecture you can show me like this is you know this, this the is library yeah you know, this is arts and crafts building and look at the facility right here look at this locker room as a matter of fact that could be your locker right there and then you know you meet with the academic advisors and they take you to a nice lunch and all of that but you're like i'm still a high school trying to be a college kid like where's the real fun at and then they turn you over to the players at that point. And then you have a couple of chaperones or hosts. And obviously you try to touch base prior so they can kind of see what you're interested in, you know, certain beverages that you might like or 
you know, places that you might like to go or music that you like to hear, that type of thing. Got to make sure that it's a shared, a shared fun experience because you want to recruit to sign the national letter of intent. Who's a number one seed when it comes to entertaining? <laughs> the number one seed? On, well, you, I heard you mention Wilt Chamberlain as the Final Four MVP, even though his team lost. Like, he, he's the number one overall seed. No, school, like, let, let, school, school's that uh, uh, number one seed. I, oh, um, I, how could how could you not? How could it not be the running rebels? Yeah. Like how how could it not be the running rebels? And they play in Vegas. Like like, think about this: when your recruiting trip has you in a casino, that's different. <laughs> it's just different. Well, not many recruiting trips where you also might need bail money. (laughs) (laughs) Or or you had a kind of relationship, so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. We're talking to Jalen Rose, uh, NBA countdown analyst, co-host of Jalen and Jacoby. Uh, Anthony Davis, uh, you know, Marvin, play Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis had this to say. He just got back. They lost to uh, Denver yesterday, and he said this after the game. Now, there's no moral victories in this league, you know, especially with us. <laughs> the whole world want to see us lose, to be honest. So, um, but, I mean, my job is to be on the floor and help these guys win. Is the whole world out to get the Lakers? No. That's just what the expectations that come with being a part of a story franchise. He understood that. That's why he wanted to leave New Orleans to go join LeBron in L.A. and ultimately win a championship. But also that same fan base and those same expectations to help you get the 17th championship are the ones that the fans hope that you can play more games than you missed this year. And that's what happened with Anthony Davis. And so when you look at the standards, get a magnifying glass when you get a chance and look at the standards to find the Lakers. Yeah, no. Like, as somebody that has been around this league my entire life, like this is to have the level of talent on their roster. LeBron is flirting with the scoring title and playing at an elite level at this point of his career. Anthony Davis, still a top 10 player. And say what you want to say about Russell Westbrook shooting. He's still a productive player. When you have those three guys in uniform, and you're one of the worst teams in the Western Conference, like, that's just unacceptable. And so it's not that people want to see them lose. It's that people happy that they now get a chance to beat them and kick them when they down. That's different. Who plays worse defense, Brooklyn or the Lakers? Wow, six in one hand, half in another. Um, One has LeBron playing a lot of minutes at the five, and the other has KD quasi playing a lot of minutes at the five in theory. I would say uh, you got to say the Lakers. You got to say the Lakers. Like, they're just so bad um, defensively. That, and, and the body language says a lot. And it's from each of the players. It's when somebody misses a layup or somebody does a bad pass. You know, you have one guy trotting back. And then the other team just flying high and mighty, trying to, trying to beat down the purple and gold. So I would have to say the Lakers are the worst defense. There was a stat that I had here, Jalen. I'm curious how you would react to this. 37 different players have recorded triple doubles this this year. That's tied for the most in the last 40 years. Mm. How do we get to that point where triple doubles are commonplace? 
Well, a triple-double used to have more impact on the game because the score was lower, first off. So, like, there was a, a period of time when, like, the big old, the legend, was putting up triple-double records, and I, as a player, thought that they would never be taken down, like the high score on a video game. And then I saw great players like Magic come through the league. I was like, if Magic doesn't do it, it'll never happen. If Jason Kidd never does it, it'll never happen. And so what now has taken place is the, the game has gotten shorter. Like you have guys that – like in, in just think about this. In Houston, Russell Westbrook was playing basically power forward and center. We're talking about LeBron now playing five. A guy like Draymond Green is six for seven but he could guard center. So the game is shorter, which means you have more skilled players on the floor, first off. So that means you have more guys that can actually dribble, pass, and shoot. And today's player is more skilled than the players of the past. And I mean like shooting with range, shooting off the dribble. But the pace of play and players being uh, shorter, uh, and lineups being shorter, like just think about this. When you look at a team in the 90s, Look at the scoring champions. They were basically all centers. David Robinson, in the top ten, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Akeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, they were all centers. And so they all have power forwards. Horace Grant, um, Charles Oakley, Otis Thorpe, the list goes on and on and on. And so you had guys that were designated to do things besides score. And so now everybody's out there designed to score, 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 shoot, 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 shoot as early in the shot clock as possible. That's the other thing. You're not exhausting possessions. You watch a game, now somebody get a rebound, dribble across half court, shoot it from the hash mark with 22 seconds to go on the clock. And so those are a few of the factors that have now made the triple-double seem like it doesn't have the same impact on the box score, but it does depending on who's doing it. That's why, the, that's why the Joker might have a chance to win back-to-back MVP because his triple-doubles, Dan, they're impactful because he's a five out there shooting threes and basically leading the league in assists on uh, one of the league leaders in assists. So he's been a joy to watch this year. When they're all done, when we these careers, let's say 15 years down the road, Greek Freak, Steph's done, Embiid, uh, KD, who's in the top ten? Out of, out of that group, somebody's going to get into the top 10, which means somebody comes out of the top 10. Or, well, maybe you don't think that somebody's going to get in the top 10. So uh, I, I love this topic because um, being born in the early 70s and being around the game for my entire life, it, it's important to me to always have a perspective and appreciate the players of the eras that get left out get lost because they weren't around with social media or YouTube or whatever. And so for me, like the first four or five basically are like ironclad. And the reason why I say that is because they've accomplished things that no one else will be able to accomplish to remove them from this slot. Yeah. Michael Jordan, six championships, six finals MVPs, two separate three-peats. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, six championships, six MVPs, all-time leading scorer to LeBron Passam, unstoppable trademark, Scott Hook. Bill Russell, 11 championships in 13 years, dominated the boards, played defense like nobody has ever done. Like, th- those three people have accomplished things that I don't believe somebody else that's going to play this game is ever going to accomplish. 
the things I just said. So to me, those those human beings are ironclad. I used to have like now a, a second tier. So LeBron has entered that tier. Magic Johnson has entered that tier. Kobe Bryant, Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal. And this just off the top of the dome, I know I'm going to forget somebody. Um, but I, it, it's tough to me to think that Kevin Durant is going to surpass any of the players I just mentioned. He could, but I, 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 I mm, Steph Curry, they, they still have more work to do, Dan. That's what I would say. Both of those guys still have more work to do. Giannis, I believe he, all three of those guys will be flirting with it. How about that? To your point, they, they'll be flirting between the conversation of eight or nine and like 13 or 14. Those guys will, when 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 it's when their careers end, be a part of that conversation. But I don't think they'll like crack like the top five or six. I don't know if I ever told you this. I grew up in Cincinnati. I saw your dad play mm. when the Pistons. I need stories. When the Pistons came stories. to t- well, see, I was a big Dave Bing fan. Godfather, the legend. I love Dave Bing, but your dad. He might average 21 that year in 1972, 71, 72. And uh, I just remember he was at backcourt. You know, I just watched Dave Bing. But your, your, mm-hmm. dad, your dad could put up some points there. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'll never forget one time I was in Los Angeles. It was like the mid-90s. And I never truly saw this. I was watching like uh, uh, NBA channel. And it ended up being the 1972 All-Star game. And, and I can't lie, this is actually sad, um, but but it's true. Like, A, I didn't think that he might be in the game. And B, I was watching the game and didn't stop until I saw Wilt. And then I saw Jerry West. And then I saw Dave Bing. And then I saw my father, Jimmy Walker. And then I actually started watching the game. True story. Walt Clyde Frazier, all of them were a part of that game. So historic time, definitely. And uh, he rubbed elbows with the greats. How old were you when you were watching your dad in the All-Star game? I was in the league then. I was probably like 22. Oh, watching the old clips. Oh, okay. I'm I'm yes. thinking you're watching your dad in the All-Star game when it was actually happening. So you're just Oh, yes. Yeah. Correct. I, I was yeah, I wasn't fortunate enough to uh to 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 be around uh any of his NBA action. What was his number? 24? 24 was his number? Yes, and, and for any uh, youngster or any person out there that, uh, you know, doesn't see eye to eye with a parent or a sibling or whatever, and you hope to try to make it right, make it right. And one of the things I did out of spite, Dan, is because his number was 24, I wore number 42 in high school, kind of like as a, a a motivation that he would one day know my name and I would one day um, make it to the NBA. Yeah. Heavy stuff. That's why I changed it when I got to college. It was too heavy. <laughs> I was like LeBron when I got to uh, Miami. I didn't want to be the villain. I'm like, I'm changing this number. I need a fun number. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you still have <laughs> all your, your uniforms? I have a couple. I do. Uh, 42 in high school, we were national champs. I do have one or two from Michigan. I do have a couple for the Pacers. Yeah, I actually do. But I'm one of those people. 
Like, if you come in my house, like, I don't want all basketball memorabilia and stuff hanging up and around and stuff like that. Now, if I was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, probably, or Michael <laughs> Jordan, I probably wouldn't mind seeing it. But, like, me, I'm like, I'm good. I'd rather have some art on the wall. Best crib you've ever been in? Ooh. I know the best one I want to go to right now. Rick Ross. So I've been to the house when Evander Holyfield, when it was his home, and now what Rick Ross has done to the house, like I need to get down to the, the to, to the forever mansion, you know. I, but I, I, Mike Tyson had a great house in Vegas one time. I got a chance to go there after one of his fights in Vegas, and I remember Mike had uh, tigers, literally in the backyard. That big screen, like I was like Mike, Mike doing it big. So I love this game. So I love this game. But you know what, Rick Ross's crib—that's fifty-six thousand square feet. It is. And, it and is. he's usually on his tractor out there clearing farmland or something. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. Smoke, smoking exactly. a bone and out there on his on his tractor. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. In a state fit for a king. I need to get out there. Have you been to Shaq's place in Orlando? I have not. I heard, though, when you, you can't go play golf without seeing it. It's a tourist attraction on the water. There it is right there. Like in L.A. when you get on one of those tour buses. <laughs> hey, uh, great, great to talk to you again. And uh, tell Jacoby we said hello. Thank you, Jalen. I will, and thank you for being a legend, Dan. I have to ask you because I'm about to do the show with Jacoby. He brought me a Cayenne shot. Yeah. Is it cultural or regional? I don't take the shot all at once, but he does. Do you? Yeah. Take it all at once? Yeah. It, it's just a healthy thing. And a lot of times you don't sip healthy. You want to get healthy over with. <laughs> gotcha. Thank it's you. cultural. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate the love. All right. That's uh, Jalen Rose. We'll take a break. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Updating the Celebrity Bracket Challenge. If Kansas wins tonight, Ed Orgeron, Coach O, will win the Celebrity Bracket Challenge. That's right, Dad. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. If uh, North Carolina wins, Dale Earnhardt Jr. will win. Anybody do a Dale Earnhardt <laughs> Jr. impersonation? Why, Dan, I just... I just I don't know. I'm happy about it. <laughs> Ross Tucker is uh, third. He has Gonzaga. Third is third loser. All right. Uh, who's the musician? Uh, is that Jimmy Eat World? See, who's the... Um, Francois Comtois guy? And what band is he in? Uh, is that Fitz, Fitz in the and the Tantrum? There, yes. He, he was a defending champion last he's year. Got, he's got Kansas. He's fifth right now with Kansas. Kelly Slater's fourth. He's got UCLA. <laughs> it's so random, some of the people we have in here. It's great. Todd did a great job with uh, 
That's not breaking news. He always does a great job. But you know what? He got uh, a chance to try this out a couple of times with the bar mitzvah and the Boz mitzvah, (laughs) where he's reaching out to celebrities to ask them to do a video. I got some reps in before the whole. Yes, you did. Yes, Seton. Francois Comtois. Yeah. Uh, Young the Giant not fits in the tantrums. Just wanted to get that clear. But didn't we have fits in the tantrums? We did. We did. Somebody from the band was involved in this? Yes, I'm not sure if it was. I don't remember if it was fits, fits or, or tantrums. tantrums. Okay, yes, Paul. Was it 2007 that uh, Margaret Thatcher won the former Margaret Thatcher UK? She she Prime did Minister? a great did a great job. Yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg a oh, couple of years ago. RBG. Yeah. We had to kick her out. She was crushing us. Yeah, Condoleezza Rice. Yep. I mean, you know, they they got on a roll, and you're like, whoa, these guys know something that's going on. Uh, Todd in North Carolina. Hi, Todd. Hey, guys, I was just calling the best of the weekend. I called you on Friday when I was headed down to the Final Four, and obviously the best of the weekend is the Tar Heels putting Kay's uh, career uh, at an end, and we're down here in downtown New Orleans right now getting ready for the game tonight and just want to say, Go Heels! Thank you, Todd. Good luck tonight. I thought he was already back from the weekend. I'm thinking, you can't come back after that. you got to stay down there. Scott in North Carolina. Hi, Scott. Best and worst of the weekend. Good morning, DP. Good morning, Scott. Uh, you got a best and worst. But first, can I tell you a quick Dale Jr. story? Okay. My uh, uncle has worked in NASCAR for decades, and I had, he worked for, for Junior for a long time, and I had the opportunity 15 years ago to go to Dale's house down to Whiskey River to the old western town and do some go-kart racing. Y'all were talking about it last week, and the first time I did it, I didn't know the rules. I jumped in a go-kart one night. There was a bunch of his buddies there, and Dale was actually doing the starter, dropping the flag, and I, I hammered it. I just put the pedal down, took off around the track, and I looked back, and nobody's even near me. And I'm like, God, man, I am... I'm killing it. I got the best car, and I get back around, and Dale's waving the black flag. I didn't know there was, like, a warm-up lap. <laughs> so I got junior black flags me the first time I ever – I felt like the biggest moron on earth. But yeah. uh, best – as a Tar Heel fan, there's not not much worse this weekend. Um, I decided not to tear my other Achilles, and we won anyway, so I'm really happy about that. Um, worst case was, was uh, the Duke players walking off the court, not shaking hands, and uh, – that was pretty disappointing. Um, kudos to Kay for staying around and doing it. But uh, one last time, suck it, Coach Kay. All right. Thank you, Scott. A little mean-spirited there. <laughs> what if Carolina loses tonight? Is this okay that, hey, we beat Duke? I mean, sometimes you get obsessed with one thing and then you miss the bigger picture here, and that's winning the national title. I don't know if you go, yeah, but it's like a consolation prize if you don't win. Now, if you do win, that's an unbelievable season. And one of the great seasons that's ever been turned in. An eighth seed, winning it all, emulating the uh, 85 Villanova Wildcats. Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind today? What up, though? One time for chat row. Uh, best and worst of the weekend. Uh, worst is going to be I had a drunk friend that I had to drive back to Cleveland, Ohio, in the middle of the night. No problem there. 
but the best was going to be the 1215 podcast with Dylan and the boys, man. Eric, Mario, Marv, you know, those guys have been putting out some great content with that. Listening to the Danettes kind of pull the curtain back on the way that the show has been running. More Seaton has been a lot better tied in his ultimate form. I mean, Paulie has a snack assistant up front. The show has been definitely, definitely great, dude. Uh, real quick question. I was wondering if we could get like a a talk show, a, a sports show host draft with you guys. Yeah, I spoke on that, and I would kind of be interested on who you guys would take first, like in-studio in uh, host or, you know, Tony Romo, Charles Barkley, things of that nature. Well, I think we talked about this, like who is the most valuable member of the media? Barkley got some votes. Uh, Dave Portnoy from Barstool got a mention. Um, Stephen A. Smith got a mention, Marv just said. Uh, yeah, so there's there's guys who, you know, they move the needle. I like how somebody had a quote about Tiger Woods, that if he plays, he moves the needle, and then said, so uh, somebody said, no, he is the needle. He doesn't move the needle. He is the needle. But it's a tea time decision. He calls it game time. It's tea time. Uh, let's see. Bill in Kentucky. Hi, Bill. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan, I uh, got a best and worst of the weekend for you. All right. Uh, I actually got two best of the weekend. I'm sorry. My first best is that I won the Survivor Pool with my group of friends, so I cashed 350 there. Nice. And uh, my second best is after 45 years of my first day of retirement here. Oh. For a company that you may, yeah, working for a company you may be familiar with, Cholotos out of Cincinnati. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, congratulations, Bill. I hope I never get to retirement. Even when I get to retirement age, I don't want to get to retirement. We're going to get you like a fancy pen. You know how companies always do that? And they're like, oh, look, the retirement pin. This is great. I remember a couple of places I was supposed to get a gift. And like if you got to 10 years or you got to 15 years and uh, I, they gave me a catalog and I forgot to order something. And it just, you know, they, you got a free gift. I got a Mickey Mouse like ceramic. What company were you working for? <laughs> yeah. And then I got this Mickey Mouse ceramic statue and I, I thought, I don't want it. And I, Scott Van Pelt invited me back. First time I ever went back to the mothership. His first show. And he said, you know what? Uh, I, I can't do this show without having you back. And I said, all right, I'll come up. And I brought my Mickey Mouse ceramic doll. And I just left it there. I said, here, <laughs> I don't want it. And then people were like, I can't believe, you, you know, you were so shallow that you brought that back. I'm like, it was just a joke there. Yes, Todd. And a nice plaque with Mickey Mouse in recognition of a certain number of wonderful, magical years with the Walt Disney Company. It was kind of cute. No, it wasn't. You didn't like that? No. I have mine hanging up on a little wall somewhere. Like I said. <laughs> yes, Paulie. Most people get walked out by security, so take the plaque. <laughs> I was thinking this. When there will be a day where we do the last show, and let's say it's a Friday. Is that Monday going to be as weird as it gets? The Monday that you're supposed to go back to, you know, the weekend's the weekend. But, and it's hard to think about, but there will be a last show, and it's on a Friday, and that Monday is going to be, for you, but for all of us, very odd. And, and it'll be, it's almost depressing to think about. Management offered us a day off. They, they reached out and said, hey, 
do you guys want to have April 15th off? You know, it's part of, part of a religious holiday. And we're off the next week, vacation. And I, I go, no, 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 no. I, do, I, I can't have, I, I don't want to take any days off just because I, I'm an absolute mess. I, I, I don't, you know, my wife says, you need two hobbies. And I, it's just, I, I need something to do. And uh, so I let's st- say we had the day off tomorrow for some reason. Let's say we have technical issues. What, what's your plan? I don't know. That'd be horrible. But do you? No, I, I, I wouldn't have any plans. So we're not going to a four day work week anytime no, soon. No, we're not. We're not, <laughs> we're not going to be Howard Stern and do three days. Okay. No, I can't do it. Hate it. I mean, I, I, I clean bathrooms. Oh, no. Yes, I do. I do. I did that on Saturday. My wife goes, my wife was coming in from out of town. She goes, what are you doing? I go, well, I'm cleaning the bathrooms. And she goes, again? I said, yep. So I, I clean bathrooms on Saturday. I did laundry on Saturday. I've never been that bored. <laughs> yeah. That's why I can't have, day, I don't like having the days off. You take a nap? You watch yeah. some shows? Yeah. And then I wake up and I go, all right, I got five more hours to dinner. And then I keep just going, what am I going to do? Yes, Todd. In your retirement, one day down, hopefully way, way down the road, can we still send you, like, Paulie can send you a rundown, no. I can send you mock headlines no. and limericks? Paulie can send me a rundown. I can't send you, like, little no. cute plays on I mean, you're going to. Of course I will. I know. I've told you not to, even though, and we're still working together. But I'm like a little kid. That encourages me to do it more. Like, don't touch that. Whenever I send a story to the Danettes, I'll send something. It'll be an interesting story, a headline. Todd will always, always... Try to come up with a mock headline. Always. It is some weird obsessive compulsive thing. I feel compelled whether you want but it or I, not. But, but I, I, don't, I know you don't want it. But I don't want it. But I feel like I have to tag it with something. Yes. See, I kind of enjoy it because no. then Paul will get in on it. Or occasionally you get in on it too. And then it becomes a thing where everybody's throwing them in. That's fun. And now you grade it with plus and minuses. I know. Off of, I've, uh, I've, been giving, I've been giving points. I've been going like plus two, or minus three. And then Todd will go, really? But yeah, Paul. Yeah, but Fritzy will send around stories just for the opportunity to make a mock headline during the in the subject line of the story. Like Zdeno Chara is on the DL for eight weeks. He'll come up with a Zdeno Chara play on words, but we'll never actually discuss it on the air. And Paulie will call me out on it and saying, and how is this going to help tomorrow's show? In words? Are you pitching a guest? Is this a topic? <laughs> or are you just showing how clever you are with a play on words, which is usually the latter? But I think that's a fair point that Paulie makes. We get a lot of emails. Yes, we do. So is this is for a guest, a topic, or are you just you're bored and you're just sending us no, stories I, that we can see on the wires by ourselves? I get exhausted over the weekend. What's the matter with you, Thad Mata, the new yes. head coach at Butler? <laughs> I like Butler basketball as much as anybody. We're not going to get to that a lot. John in Bahrain. Hi, John. Hey, Dan. How's it going, fellas? Good evening. Um, got best and worst of the weekend. Uh, start with the worst, the Cavaliers. They just can't to keep any ground and get back into that sixth spot in the East, so looks like they'll be in a playing game. The best World Cup draw, USA versus England. We definitely won them. I'll be at that game. I'm going to be handing out little miniature declaration of independences to all the Brit- uh, British fans there. And then uh, I got a couple mock headlines. Oh, okay. All right, so we'll start with uh, UNC outdukes Coach K and Coach's final loss. Coach K strikes out against rival. Mike Krzyzewski tarred and feathered at the heels of famous rivals in the last game. All right. Coach K strikes out. K, strikeout. 
I thought the 401k was, was pretty you, good. Know, you know, re- retirement there. That's pretty good. Uh, Ryan in Honolulu. Aloha! Hi, Ryan. Hi, I got mock headlines for you, Dan. Okay. I thought of 16 of them. <laughs> I hope you'll give me my final four. <sighs> this one is Dan Patrick inspired. I, Caleb, love you, but Duke don't like you. <laughs> okay. Caleb, love. Okay. All right. A bargy in Big Easy hits Big Threesies. <laughs> Good delivery. Nobody uh, knows the reference there, I don't think. But what else do you have? Question Gamer Cox. <laughs> Destiny Henderson looking like Alan Iverson is the answer. Uh, uh, a wordy. Last one. Okay. Kansas McCormick peppers the boards, lives Villanova salty. <laughs> McCormick salt and pepper. That's, uh... Yeah, and that's it's still that. You went 0 for Final Four. I've been there. I've been there. Don't worry about it. Ryan. Yeah. Hey, see, I, I, I gave you an honest assessment of Ryan in Honolulu. It wasn't the delivery, it just wasn't good. Just like yours. <laughs> Okay. I thought my limerick was decent today. It was. It was decent. Award-winning or anything, but it served no, its, its purpose it's, for five seconds. It's fine. Five good seconds of limerick. Ryan in Pennsylvania. Hi, Ryan. What's on your mind? Hey, 510-155. Got a best and worst of the weekend here. Uh, best of the weekend. Just what an incredible game on Saturday night. Both teams played so well. They're making lots of shots, and no player made any kind of mistakes that cost their team the game. And in my opinion, it was pretty fairly officiated as well. Uh, worst of the weekend, anytime we uh, have these rivalry games like this, I just feel awful for the fans, especially the losing team. When you think about it, Duke basketball fans have really had just an awful year. Coach K retiring, but then also Dallas Cowboys losing in the first round of the playoffs, trying to make a Super Bowl run. The Lakers are going to miss out on the playoffs or have to play in the play-in game. And then, of course, the New York Yankees losing in their playoff game to the Boston Red Sox. Just a terrible year for those Duke basketball fans. All right. Well, thank you, Ron. Others might argue. Sounds like a pretty good year. Plus, Duke has had, if you said you're going to make the Final Four and you're a Duke fan, you'd probably sign up for that. Now, if I would have said you're going to get to the Final Four, you're going to lose to North Carolina, you would not look at that as a successful season. You're going to lose to North Carolina twice in like three weeks. I know. (laughs) I know. Pretty tough. North Carolina had a great year so far. If they don't finish it out, Hey, we still beat Duke a couple of times. Handed uh, Coach K his final loss. Yeah, Paul. This is the Michigan football beating Ohio State in the regular season. A little bigger because yeah. it's the Final Four. Yeah. And then you get to the Final Four and, like, nobody cares. Does anybody remember what happened? Does anybody remember what happened to Michigan? They no-showed. Yeah. Who'd they lose to? An SEC team. <laughs> See, nobody, nobody cared. Dave was like, uh, yeah, they beat Ohio State. And then what happened? Uh, I don't know. Let's take a break.